Let's jump in the word. You ready? Yeah. Let's go. All right. So our scripture today comes from Matthew 21, uh, uh, 18, I'm sorry, the 21st to the 35th chapters. And it's a parable. And it reads like this. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Jesus answered. No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of God can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money for him. Somebody say, don't mess with my money. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so the master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owed to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it. Then his master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, so he, he just got his debt forgiven, right? He ain't in trouble. When he left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him thousands of dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant did the same thing he did, fell down and begged him for a little bit more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man and he had, that he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and your sisters from your heart. As we pay homage to NFL Sunday, I'd like to tag this text. Are you ready for some forgiving? Not are you ready for some football, but are you ready for some forgiving? Notice I didn't say forgiveness. That would be somebody forgiving you. I'm asking you, are you ready for some forgiving? Do you have some forgiving that you need to do? Now, this is a light conversation. We just, can we talk? Just a conversation. Let's just, let's just have a conversation. <clears throat> I believe that everybody under the sound of my voice can name at least one person that you need to forgive right now. If I gave you a sheet of paper and I said write down five, you, everybody would come up with at least one. You might not get to five, but everybody in here would probably come up with one. In, in some cases, we are so deeply bruised by the offense um, that we, and we know we should forgive and we should extend forgiveness, but we simply don't know how. We're frozen like a deer in the headlights. We're unable to forgive. 
the offense is so tragic and so great to us that we simply cannot do it. So my wife and I are blessed with three daughters, Lennox, the oldest, Ava, the middle child, and Sydney. That's the baby. She run the roost, okay? Ava and Sydney playing one day, and, and Ava would always heckle Sydney because she was a younger Sydney. She always messing with Sydney. And Kim told her, like, now look, Ava, keep messing with Ava. I mean, keep messing with Sydney and see what happened to you. And one day, Kim and I were upstairs. The kids were downstairs, and we heard this blood-curdling scream. Ah! Ava runs upstairs. Sydney has bitten her in her side. A- Ava was about eight years old. Sydney was maybe three or four. I mean, had, she, she barely had teeth, but she had put a plug in her side. You could count all the, the four little teeth at the top and the four little teeth at the bottom. And, and we were like, okay, Ava, you need to forgive Sydney. She'll buy you. But she couldn't because the, the teeth marks were there almost, it seemed like a year later. Every time, every time she, she rubbed her side and she looked at that, she, she, she remembered how she couldn't forgive her sister for, for, for biting her in the side. How, how many of us suffer from the teeth marks of abandonment? How, how, many, how many of us suffer from the teeth marks of abuse? How, how many of us suffer from the teeth marks of betrayal? That we, we, can't, we can't move forward because the, the offense was so great that it has scarred us. It has left us. And, 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 and as a matter of fact, when somebody who has not offended us gets close to that area, we now charge them with the same offense as our original offender, and they were an innocent party. We see this affected in relationships. We carry the baggage of what was into the relationship of what is. And then you have these triggers that allow you to be in constant discord that have nothing to do with the individual you are involved in. So I ask the question, are you ready for some forgiving? You see, it's it's not a matter of, of should I forgive? It's a matter of how can I forgive? Let, Let me paint it another way, right? So um, you take you take you take a, a smoker and a non-smoker, right? So 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 um, the the non-smoker is highly sensitive to the smell of smoke, where where the where the smoker is is not as used to it, or they've been around it so much that it, it, they're, they're used to it, right? They've lived with it so long that it's almost become ingrained in their DNA. It's in their hair. It's in their clothing. It's in the the the, the cards. It's it's just been ingrained in the fabric. Um, of their DNA. Um, and that's how some of us are when we harbor for unforgiveness. We have so much unforgiveness in it that we don't even realize that we need to forgive someone because it's just become a part of our fabric and our DNA. The stench of, of unforgiveness just just carries with us and you don't notice it, but every time you walk into a room, every around, everybody around you can see the smoke. And you know what they say, right? Where there's smoke, there's fire. So, 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 so that, that stench, that, that, that stench of smoke, even though you can't tell, is there is a sign that maybe, just maybe, there's some forgiving that you need to do. Here it is. Um, 
let's, let's make sure that we've got kind of an, an objective and an agenda for today, right? So, so our mission today is not to solve the question of forgiveness. We, how, how many times is that word in the Bible? And even, even right now, sitting there, you know all of the cliches, right? Forgiveness is not for the other person. It is for, right? You've heard it a thousand times. We know what it is, right? Yet we struggle with it, right? But our, our mission today is to, to look for those opportunities in our lives where we can free up some emotional real estate by taking account of who or what in my life is taking up that valuable emotional real estate that God wants to use to fulfill the purpose that he has for my life. Can we do that? Listen, I, I believe that, I, I believe God has something uh, to say right here about forgiveness, right? Um, we, we live in a time in which human connections is, connection is steady losing ground. Uh, um, we, we live in this, this digital age, these social platforms. And so, Rome, um, I, don't, I don't really have to continue a relationship with you because I got 459,000 Facebook friends. And so you, you, you are just a drop in the bucket, man. Like, I really don't care if, we, uh, uh, if I have to extend any forgiveness to you because, to be honest with you, brother, you could just be replaced, right? I, I, it just, it just, just we have so many of these things within our lives where the human connection is missing. Families don't sit down at family dinner anymore, right? Everybody goes into their room. There's a, there's a loss of, of family connection. We don't, we don't have those. I remember going to family reunions and it's like 120 people. Now it's like 12, right? And two of the aunties that can't cook brought food. Like it's, it's bad. It's, it's bad. It's not, it's not, it's not good. We, we, we've lost this We've lost this human, we, we've lost this, this, this human connection, right? Um, um, and we, we don't necessarily know um, why, why or how, how we're going to move about. There's so many cases where we see mothers who don't talk to their daughters anymore. Sons don't talk to their fathers. Siblings are at each other's throat so bad that they can't even be in the same room without wanting to choke each other. I don't want to diminish the fact that there are some real hurts. There's, there's been some times where, we've just, where we have been done wrong. I don't want to diminish that. There's been some people in our lives who have been abusive to us, mentally, physically, whatever the case may be. I'm not diminishing that. But I'm simply saying, is there an opportunity? Is there some valuable emotional real estate that is being kept hostage by our inability to let something go. The question is, are you ready for some giving? Let's look at the text, all right? So many of us can identify with the characters in the text. Either we've been the king where somebody was in debt to us, right? And we extended them a a level of, of grace. Or we were in debt to somebody, and they, they, they extended us a, a level of grace. Um, um, or we find ourselves at the end, just like the king, in which we wanted to, we extended a level of grace, and now we have to kind of take back because they did it to us one more time. They didn't, 
they didn't, they didn't honor what they said that they were going to do. And so all of us kind of have been in those, those situations. But it's something that we need to understand about the parable, right? The characters and all of that, you know, they're there for a reason. Why does Jesus tell parables? Number one, he wants it to be easy to understand. He wants it to be memorable. He don't want you to forget. So he, he places it in a story that's easy for you to follow and easy for you to remember. But here's a note that I want you to take home. Every single parable has a hidden kingdom treasure in it. It tells us something about the kingdom of God. And if we miss that, then we've missed the parable in its entirety. Christians often confuse reconciliation and forgiveness. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. There are going to be some situations where you can forgive someone, but you won't reconcile with them. In in the case of an abuser, someone who's been physically or mentally abusive, right? Or whatever nature that manifested itself. It's possible to forgive somebody and still go to court and file charges on them. I mean, that can happen. (laughs) Right? Forgiveness doesn't require an action from the other person. You're simply releasing them and freeing up that emotional real estate. Often, oftentimes, anger is the emotion that challenges our ability to forgive. Conversely, love is at the root of the emotion that helps us decide to forgive. Um, anger. Anger is the root of emotion. Okay, let, let, let me, I gotta, I gotta speak in a language that you, 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 you would understand. Um, we'll say things like, see, I didn't go upside Junebug's head um, the last time he did and so-and-so, I let him make it. Now, now, because we didn't act on the thing that we thought we wanted to do, we, we feel like we've already released that person, yet we're still harboring anger for the offense. Okay. Let me put it to you like this. Um, when you cheated with that raggedy mouth girl from the office and left me here by myself to raise these babies, I should have gone Angela Bassett waiting to exhale on you, but... I didn't. You didn't even know that I had the hot grits on the stove when you walked in the door. Right, 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 right. We, (laughs) you think, (laughs) you think that because you don't want them anymore and you've accepted the fact that you are no longer together, that you have forgiven them. And they are not the same thing. You see, you've accepted the fact that you're not together. You think that you don't want them anymore. And you think that you're not angry. But for the last 11 years, you've been telling your son, boy, you look so much like your daddy. I can't stand you. See, every time I look at you, I see him. What is happening there? It's the bite. Right? Right? 
It's the bite. Every time I look at you and your likeness is in my face, I'm reminded of the offense because I haven't forgiven you. I've moved on and stayed attached. The worst place you can do is walk to a destination that God has for you and still have a rope attached to your past waiting for somebody to just snatch you back. Most of the time on our journeys, we always picking up all of the luggage and all of the stuff that we, we, we think that we need to, to make it when we get over there. And God is saying to us, leave all of that behind. I got you. All I need is you. All I need, Rome said it, is your availability. I just need you to be available, man. I'm going to handle the provisions. I'm going I'm to I'm lay out the road. Listen, I got the blueprints. I just need you to show up. Matter of fact, I got the answers to the test. You won't even have to take it. Just sit in the darn desk. We family, right? Have you ever worshipped the ground somebody walked on and hated their guts at the same time? I mean, we got some stuff now. Listen, let me tell you, I'm so grateful for the relationship that I have with my father, but I I would be lying to you if I said that it wasn't, that it was always like that. It it just, it it just wasn't. For for most of my life, um, from the ages of three um, to about 32 to me, my, my dad was bigger than life. I mean, my, when I tell you, Carl, you love, you, you love my dad, man. When I tell you he was cool, my, my, my dad was a cat daddy, or is, a, even now. Uh, he, he think he it, you know what I mean? He had, a, he had a swag about him. He had, you know, walking suits. He was, he was well built. He was, a, he was a handsome individual, and he loved animals, right? He had a way with dogs and horses, and that's where I got it from. And so, Although I idolized the ground that he walked on of the vision of the, of the man that I saw, I hated what he did to me and my mom. And so I couldn't wait till I got old enough and big enough as a man to tell him what I really thought. Now, now had, I, had I accepted what happened? Yeah. Had I forgiven him? No. As a matter of fact, from 3 to 32 was spent trying to forgive him. I never figured it out. I wanted him to do something. I even wrote letters when I was in college explaining what was going on and where I felt and where I was at, and he never said anything. I was tough enough, and and I was bigger than my, I know I got a little donut gut now, but I was bigger than him at one point in time, right? I was bigger than him at one point in time. He he, he reached over and he, he grabbed me on my shoulder, and it was a shoulder. It, it was a man's shoulder and like, you know, back up. Like this ain't, I ain't no kid no more, Pops. This ain't what you want, right? In the most respectful way that I could, right? Right? So, 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 so watch what happens. My life is what I would say in a holding pattern at that time. I'm doing well, but I'm not prospering. It's in a holding pattern. Watch what happens. He wasn't even know, he wasn't anywhere in the picture. I go to a church service one day, and I'm sitting way in the back, and I don't even know who it was preaching, but it was in Atlanta. I don't know. It wasn't Bishop Eddie Long, but <laughs> I, don't know who, I don't know who it was, but whoever it was, they said, 
young man, until you release your father and let him go, your life is going to remain exactly where it's at. You'll never move. And the truth of the matter, God has a wheelbarrow of blessings and opportunity that he's waiting for you to drop the stuff that you have with your dad so you can pick up what God has for you. And almost in an instant, I forgave him. It was instantaneous. And the next 10, 15 years of my life, although they haven't been easy, they have been closer with God. And I think that's what we all have to get to. I think Gandhi said it best. He said, Gandhi said, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. See, for 32 years, my dad had dirt, dirty feet, and he walked through my mind. Every, every banquet that I went to, I wondered where my dad was. I wondered what he thought. Every, every, every touchdown I scored, I wondered what my dad thought, or, or, or did he know? Every time I was involved with anything, I, I wondered. He was constantly walking through my mind and everything. He never knew it, but he was always there. Don't let people with dirty feet walk through your mind. You got to let them go. You got to let them go. All right. Come on, let's move. We doing good? If we're doing good, say amen. amen. I always wanted to say that. That sounds like a real Baptist preacher when they say it like that, right? <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say we're doing good. <laughs> All right. So, so in today's text, let, let's lift up three things to help us move towards forgiving more in our lives, right? We want to look at the faith to forgive, the trust to forgive. And the mind to, to forgive. If, if we look back at our, our, our text, as a body of believers, we could, pro- we could collectively be okay with the collecting this, collecting this debt, right? Somebody owed you a million dollars. Are you going to collect? Yeah. Uh, some, some of the folks in this section that, that's really about that life, they'll get with you behind $10, let alone a, a, a million. Um, there, there's no sliding scale for them. I, I had an aunt, my aunt D. she said, don't mess with my kids. Don't mess with my man. And don't mess with my, y'all, y'all got an Aunt D too, right? Be careful when you lend in family members money. There's certain dollar amounts that cross the threshold of we family anymore, right? Are you, you, certain dollar amount, I'm going to treat you like some, somebody different, right? It's a terrible place to be when we genuinely care about a person and at the same time have some disdain and some distaste for them. It, it's, it's, like, it's like what we call an oxymoron now. now now, now, Charles, I'm, I'm a math guy. I'm a math and science guy, right? But they, he, well, I am a math and, I'm a, I'm a math and science guy, and, and I did well in English. But when they put the two of them together and put letters and numbers together, I, was, I, I struggled a little bit. It took me about a year to get it, and then I got it. But they, they taught us this word, Charles, and it was called an oxymoron. I thought it was a cool word, so I, I went and I checked it out, right? Check this out. Uh, uh, oxymoron is a Greek word made up of two words, oxy, meaning sharp, and moros, meaning dull. An oxymoron, in its etymology, is a what? Is an oxymoron. It means sharp and dull, right? So, so let's, look, let's look up on the screen. Uh, I don't know if they have it. They might not. But, but let's think of some, some, some oxymorons that we may have here. Um, one of them is jumbo shrimp. A jumbo shrimp, um, uh, bitter, bitter, bitter sweet. Bitter something something is bitter sweet. It's supposed to be, 
It's supposed to be bittersweet. What else we got? Oh, oh, plastic silverware. <laughs> that, that's an oxymoron, right? A phrase or words put together that are, are contradictory, right? Uh, a wise fool. Icy hot. Anybody, everybody use icy hot? Icy hot is just the, the new age Bengay. It's all the same stuff, right? Um, I, I like that one. It's a definite possibility. <laughs> it's, a, it's a definite possibility. Um, those, those are oxymorons. Let, let's see the next one. Is this an oxymoron? Is that an oxymoron? It shouldn't be. But as, as we sit here, we might be feeling a little convicted. Because right? at the core of who we are as, as Christians, forgiveness is such a major part of that, right? It amazes me that, that um, um, show, show the next slide there, the, the, the Brent, the Jean slide. Is that an oxymoron? An individual... That is Brant Jean, John, uh, brother of Botham John, who was killed and murdered by Amber Geiger. And it was controversial because on the stand during his testimony, he asked the judge, uh, it, it, he said he forgave her. And, and he asked the judge, I know this isn't protocol, but can I give her a hug? When I found this picture and I looked at it, you can almost see love and compassion in his eyes. And, and, and I, I went and did some fact checking to make sure, can, can a judge do that? Now, a judge has, you know, authority over their courtroom. They can handle it, you know, the way they want to. So it was, it was certainly within bounds for the judge to grant him the permission to, to give this young lady a hug. However, there is a huge safety risk that presents itself by, by, by allowing something like that to happen. And so what moved at the time that this took place that not only created a circumstance for this individual to re- go, get up, the, the, the Amber Geiger, she got up, they embraced. And here's what he said that I love so much. Despite everything that has happened, she still deserves love. And I just believe that's what God is saying to us. He did it by way of example. Despite your sins. Despite your flaws. Despite your disobedience, despite the fact that you denied me, despite despite the fact that you don't want to keep my commandments, despite the, the fact of all of these things, you still deserve love. So much so that I'm sending my son. Right? <clears throat> we think of forgiveness kind of in a grandiose way, and there's so many different levels of it. But here's kind of the, I told you, I, I gave you some English, so I'm going to give you some math. Is that okay? We'll do a little math. I, 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 think, I think Christ has a, an equation for forgiveness. I don't know if you got this. Christ's forgiveness equation, G times R equals R squared. Grace times redemption equals restoration squared. We were once with God, separated from God, and back into relationship with God because of the death, burial, and resurrection. That is the Christ equation of forgiveness. It wasn't too hard. 
right? Um, let's look at these three. I told you we needed the faith to forgive, right? So if we look at the faith to forgive, next slide. If we look at the faith to forgive, Psalms 33 and 4. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all that he does. We've placed ourselves in people. We've placed our faith in people. And therefore, when people disappoint us, we no longer have the faith to forgive them. Right? They've broken our trust. They've broken our faith. We don't have the faith to forgive them anymore. anymore, Right? We must understand that forgiving is at the core of our faith. And just like we have to exercise our, our faith muscle in order for it to grow, we have to exercise our forgiveness muscle with opportunities in, in order for it to grow. You know, these, you know, these kind of faith ones, I, I kind of put these in like the, the lesser, col- the, the blue collar um, offenses. Like somebody um, at the office took, took your drink or took, <laughs> took your sandwich, right? Somebody uh, on 635 cut you off. Why is it when somebody cuts you off? Their car is always messed up. Fender is falling off. Right. Um, um, uh, uh, some, somebody took your parking space, right? Somebody sat in your pew, right? Um, all of those are kind of those offenses that we don't think leave us in a position where we have to make a mental decision to give somebody some forgiveness, right? Because the offense wasn't really that great, but it bothered us. And what you don't realize is what do we talk, what's at stake here? What's at stake is emotional real estate. So what ends up happening is you go to work, all of these little bitty things have happened throughout the course of the day. Somebody says to you, good morning, and you say, no, what? let me tell you about this joker who cut me off on 635. He lucky I have my, you, you know, that's exactly what happens. And now your whole day is jacked up. Why? Because you didn't forgive them. You carried that emotion. And now, every time somebody rubs your bite, it gets worse. Now you pack on all of that stress of the day and you come home. And guess what? Your kids rub your bite. Your wife rubs your bite. Your dog rubs your bite. <laughs> and the next thing you know, you're mad all day and don't even know why. You find yourself falling asleep, sleeping for six, eight hours and waking up tired. You're emotionally drained, don't even know why. We got to have the faith in God um, and understand that our reward is in heaven, right? We, We can't allow people to take our emotions hostage, right? We become too easily upset um, and we lose focus on what truly matters. Listen, your life is a sports center top 10 plays highlight reel. God has proven himself to be faithful time and time again. From cover to cover of the Bible, he has proven himself to be trustworthy and faithful. Even in your suffering, God was still there. Even when they said you were not qualified, God said, but I called them. Even when the doctor said, now God said, not yet. Even when there was no job, you found out that all of the bills were paid, you still had a steak dinner and even had enough money to treat someone else. You don't even know how you got there. You just, you just looked around and God had just set you up somewhere. God just elevated you and celebrated you. And then when people come to you and ask you how you did it, you can't say nothing but thank you, Jesus. It's great to be ignorant to the blessings of God. It's a great feeling. What I mean by that, I mean not ignorant that God will bless you, but ignorant that I don't even know how I got here. 
that's one of the greatest feelings in the world, right? When you just look around and you just standing on blessings. You just, you know, you walk through that door and you just, you, you, it's like, you ever see, you go bowling, you know how to put the lanes up, the, the little bumpers up, you roll the ball and it bounces off the deal. That's how God's blessings are sometimes, right? You're not going to fall in the gutter, man. God sometimes just sends you on your path and you just bump into blessings. You just, just everywhere you go. And at the end of the day, end up with a strike at the end of it all. That's a great feeling and a great place to be. You got to have the faith to forgive, the faith in God. You got it. Secondly, you got to have the trust to forgive. This is a tough one. Psalm 37 and 5, commit your way to the Lord and he will act. Right? Trust. Oftentimes, it is betrayal of trust that divides the people. At some level, there's been a breach of confidence or confidentiality. What happens is we are now no longer angry, but now we are scared. Yeah, we, we, we become scared when there's a breach of trust. Why? Because I've confided in an individual, and now they know my secrets. And if they tell my secrets, if my secrets get out, then my cover might be blown. See, see I, I lead a marriage ministry, and I, and I preach, and I, and I teach, and I talk to people about the things that you need to have a successful marriage, yet... My house is tore up from the floor up. And, and the person that I confided in, I told them about what was going on in my marriage. And, and then they've break it, broken that, that trust and that, that level of confidentiality. And now I'm afraid that my credibility may be shot. That's why breakups and divorces hurt so much. You spent so much time divulging all of those secrets to an individual. And now not only did they leave you, they took your secrets with them. And it's scary. That's a scary place to be. That's a hard one. That's a hard one right there. It's a hard one for us to kind of get over with, right? Um, here's the funny part. You confided in an, in an individual who told you, you can talk to me about anything, and you did. And guess who they told? They told somebody that told them, you could talk to me about anything. And it's just this vicious circle of people talking about, you can talk to me about anything. Sometimes you need to shut up and just talk to God. If, if, we, if we can understand that we don't have to seek out the advice and the wise counsel of people so often, we just need to be patient enough to wait on the Lord and hear what thus says the Lord, we will be in such a better place. This is a situation in which trust needs to sift. I'm simply saying that you can't forgive them because you no longer trust them. Um, the good news is it's not about trusting them, and it never was. It was always about trusting God. It's about focus on doing the work of the Lord. It's just, you know, I can't be distracted um, by how you hurt me. I, I, I can't be distracted about, by, by what you did to me. Rome, I, I got I to gotta go ahead and forgive you, man, because, because I, I can't let you take my mind off of what it is that God has for me to do. So all of this stuff I got in my heart from you, brother, I'm just saying I'm going to let it go. I mean, I love you. It's all good. But, but God is taking me somewhere. And what he has for me up here, I can't, I can't be attached to you down here, right? My, my trust is in him. It's not in you. It was nice knowing you. Have a good life. But God is trying to elevate me, and he's trying to take me up to something. And, and and so I just, I just got to pay attention because even now, even I can't even forgive you that long because why? I'm focused on you and not on him. So here it is. I'm going to give it to you real quick. You want to let him go? Hey, love you, forgive you. All is good. I'll holler at you. Yeah. 
don't care if he responds. I got something to do. Right? So we got to have the faith to forgive. We got to have the trust to forgive. We got to have the mind to forgive. Colossians 3 and 3, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are the earth. At the beginning, Peter, Peter asked the question, how many times should I forgive? Jesus responds, 77 times. Biblical scholars argue what this means. Does he mean 77 times or does he mean 70 times 7? All right, so it's either 77 or it's 490. Hmm. 490. I got to forgive a joker 490 times. The old Jewish law said you only had to do it three times. Right? That was the old law. There's, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a revelation in there about the new law and the old law. When Jesus says 77 times, it's a, it's a, it's a precursor to him being the new law in the old law. All law passed away or three times. But check this out. So we got to do it. Set, let's, let's use the big number, 490. 70 times 7. Do you know what 498 is? I'm sorry, 489. I never knew what this is. 489 is the last nerve. You ever heard somebody say, you getting on my last nerve? That means they was at 489 times of forgiving you. And now they're saying, you getting on my last nerve. Because I only got how many? 490. There's a hashtag moment. The last nerve is 489. (laughs) Listen, the number doesn't matter. All right. It's meant to be shocking. Remember, it tells us something about the kingdom, right? It also reminds us that forgiving is much a deliberate mental decision as it is an emotional one. In fact, it also suggests that we may not get it right the first time, right? We may not get it right the first time. We may have to keep forgiving somebody or keep trying to, right? Sometimes we attempt to forgive And just because we have spoken those words doesn't mean that the transformation of forgiveness has taken place within our person. And so you may have to have some continued um, attempts, right? I'm sure sure this is baffling, 490 times. I know some folks on on the left side, but I know some of y'all on on my far back right too. Y'all gangsters, the people on the far right side, they, they say stuff like this. A joker ain't got but one time. To show me who you are, my cutoff game is strong, right? I, I, I'm not suggesting that we be a fool and we, we, we continue to, to indulge people that, that have foolery about them. But let me ask you the question. Are you allowing anyone else to be redeemed in your life? Have you, is your cutoff game so strong that nobody has a chance to have redemption when it comes to you? Are you not glad that Christ decided that you were worth redeeming? And when we speak of redemption, we mean it in terms of the compensation of, uh, of, of sins and a debt that we couldn't pay, right? We have no room to allow anyone else to be redeemed, but yet we love to quote Psalms 107 and 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now, we love to quote that. But we don't want to extend that to anybody else. Right? I'm so glad that Christ had the mind, the mental 
to bear the cross. It, it took some mental fortitude to, to push his body beyond the limits to go through the beating, through the, the physical strain. Um, and I know that every day that, that I walk the earth, I, I'll fall victim to my human self and, and, and my flesh. But, but I have a savior who utters those same words of Brant John, who still deserves love. It's because of that love that I came from heaven so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. You know, we're so quick to point the finger, um, awaiting the right opportunity to give somebody a piece of our mind who has offended us instead of forgiving them, right? We'll write, down, we'll write them off as insignificant. We will, we, we will list all of the things that they need to change, the things that they, they need to correct. Uh, we, we, we develop opinion about everything that they do. And then we tell, they say the person doesn't matter to us. They're insignificant. Yet on every hand, they monopolize our conversation. Well, if they were insignificant, why are you talking about them so much? Why can't you stop talking about them? You know why you can't stop talking about them? You know why you cannot get past the bite? You know why? And you know why it sticks in your mind? Because the mind will always replay, but the heart cannot delete. You see, the mind will always replay, but the heart cannot delete. It is valuable emotional real estate that is at stake. There's some things that you're going to have to just have to let go. You've got to let it out of your heart. And as soon as you let it out of your heart, it'll free up space in your mind. Forgiving is an action, not a feeling. It's something that you have to do. It's something that's conscious. It's something that you have to have the faith to do. It's something that you have to have the trust to do. And it's something that you have to have the mind to do. We all need God's help with growing our faith. Um, growing our trust and growing our mind to forgive. We may not get all the answers today. And yes, we'll struggle at time, from time to time when it comes to, to forgiveness. But here today, in this moment, we can free up some emotional real estate. <clears throat> you, can, you, can, you, can, you can upload right now and make a mental commitment to just forgive somebody. Whoever that individual was on your list when I mentioned it earlier, just, just make a conscious decision to forgive them. You don't have to have a conversation with them. You don't have to have send a text. All you have to do is make the mental decision to release them from the pain you carry, whether it be big or small. Just decide, pray and ask God to help you focus on him and his plan for your life, and watch God step down and meet you right where you stand. Let's pray. Father God, how I thank you for um, this word, God, I, I thank you for the spirit of forgiveness. God, I ask that you would send fresh on all of us a, a new spirit. Um, God, the truth be told, we struggle from time to time when it comes to forgiveness. Um, but we know that in you and through you, um, we can be made whole. God, there, there are folks out there who still deserve love. There are relationships that I've had 
relationships that we've had, and we, we, just, we just decided to stay on our side of the fence. But people will see who you truly are when we extend a level of grace to them the same way that you extended a level of grace to us. Let us not be selfish in our salvation and teach us how to love. Teach us how to be more compassionate. Teach us how to have more empathy. And we will forever thank you and praise you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.